It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey everyone, my name is Chris Lambert and on this channel we talk Kanye West and today we're going to be talking Kanye and Joe Rogan uh, a couple days after the podcast has aired, giving some people more time to kind of watch, think through it, ask some questions and even me time to process what I heard over the course of three hours, right? And I asked for questions that people had, thoughts that they had, uh, just to kind of address those as one of our first talking points about this interview and uh Y'all had, I think it's like 50 comments with people getting responses. So thank you for taking the time to ask some questions and make this uh, a little bit more robust than it might have otherwise been. And uh, if you did ask a question, but just here to enjoy the thoughts, thank you very much for watching as well. So Kanye spent three hours talking with Joe Rogan uh, this past Friday, and it got posted on Saturday. And it's definitely one of the... I guess, most prolific Kanye interviews that we've ever had. Like, we've had hour-long interviews. We've had two-hour-long interviews. But a three-hour-long interview, this was, I thought, something pretty special for Kanye fans. And the reaction has been mixed. There's people that clearly have issues with how Kanye speaks. And some people see it as the sign of Kanye being an artist that's thinking through things in this abstract and metaphoric way. And then you have people that think it's just too cobbled together, too all over the place. They're not following the associations, why he's uh, saying things like he's trying to answer this question, but is getting into this discussion. How do these two things relate? Uh, and for that, a lot of people are chastising him, which I didn't think would be as problematic as it has been. But I'm somebody that uses examples constantly. Like I, issues come up in life or I'm trying to debate someone something with someone and I almost always bring it back to a sports analogy or I try to put it in context of movies and something we see in movies <laughs> and there's some people that are like oh that's helpful and some people that have been like what the what are you doing that makes no sense it adds nothing to the conversation and I'm always like oh I thought it was very helpful <laughs> so I kind of get where like, I'm much more in Kanye's vein of, like, this leads to this, and isn't this an example that showcases what I meant by this? Uh, but I understand being that person that has confused people uh, talking like that for a lot of my life <laughs> and trying to learn how to tone it down and find other ways to communicate. I guess that's why it has been, or I can understand why that has been frustra frustrating for some people. But let's get into some of these questions here. Bob Ross does he mention the album? I guess two days later, it's not very helpful to say no, no. <laughs> uh, no, he does not mention the album, which uh, shocking and I mean, not that shocking, but it's disappointing, you know? Uh, Kim So, I haven't finished, but he's doing great. Yeah, that's what I thought. I thought like the first 30 minutes, even though it's Kanye's talking and Joe not saying anything, I thought Kanye was very calm, very thoughtful, very perceptive and saying things that were going to be 
not praise, like people being like, oh, Kanye's amazing. How could I ever hate on him? But a little bit more bulletproof and like, oh, this is sensible. Like, how could I hate on him? And people, lo and behold, still found ways to hate on him. Uh, did Kanye's team hit up Joe and told him not to mention anything about an album or music, which, uh, yeah, kind of seemed that way. But I think like Joe's interest in Kanye has always been how Kanye thinks, right? And the perception of Kanye and I guess just how Kanye thinks. <laughs> Every time Joe mentioned the interview with somebody, talked about Kanye's perspective on things, how Kanye speaks, uh, where his ideas and thoughts are coming from. So I don't think the music matters as much to Joe in terms of just Kanye being Kanye and what Kanye is doing as a person and the way Kanye goes about things. I don't think he's looking for a final product and interested in that so much as he is just who Kanye is. Um, and AB said the only disappointing aspect, where's Donda? Yeah. Where's Donda indeed? Doubted Joe would it be interested in asking Kanye about his music. Yeah. Uh, and then Kanye kind of controlled the interview more than Joe. Yeah, there was that point where Kanye's like, oh yeah, you're another person that would like to ask questions and has thoughts, and it is your interview. <laughs> Joe's just kind of like, yeah, laughing, but it's like, yeah, I, I am. Uh, Joe Rogan has said that he's listened to Kanye's music countless times and says it's genius. Maybe that wasn't on his mind since the big thing happening with Kanye is his presidential run. Yeah, it seemed like Joe really wanted to nail down to the policy aspects and Kanye's presidential stuff because the few questions that Joe did ask, like he asked about Kanye's schedule, there was that. <laughs> and then follow-up questions, right? Like, oh, explain more about that or how'd you get to that place? But most of the questions he really wanted to ask related to Kanye's presidential run and policy and his approach in that way. Uh, this interview was hard to sit through. Yeah. Uh, Octane music. See, this was a, this was a feeling that a lot of people had getting back to how Kanye speaks. Right. And just the way he jumps from topic to topic to topic in a way that isn't part of the usual, like give and take in conversation. He just kind of starts talking and goes, which I've known people like that too, that are far less interesting than Kanye. But you say one thing and they'll talk for 30 minutes telling you about their, like, I don't know, my mom had a friend and she'd be like, oh, my daughter, my daughter just did this and this and this and this. And did I tell her what your, her doctor did? Her doctor has been in business for 30 years. You know, I knew the doctor's dad. And the doctor's dad once told me when I was a kid, which was funny because when I was a kid and you're just like, how, how have you chained all of these personal stories together? And none of them I care about both Kanye. I, I care, <laughs> but I can understand why that kind of conversational approach can be exhausting <laughs> for some people, especially to try to follow, right? Cause it's not a story that you can engage with, with like, okay, I understand the who, what, when, where, how, and why, and that was a nice story. Now let's move on to the next topic. It's not logically segmented like that. It's just Kanye goes from this to this to this, and you're trying to retain all the information and make the connections between it. Between it. It's an active listening experience, <laughs> which uh, tires you out. And then AB, I personally loved it. It was inspiring. The thing he said about the importance of making something new instead of repeating the same idea, like with Star Wars. And the thing he said about fear in the golf court, 
were right on point. People always think he's going insane when he rants, but they seem to not understand that it's just the way his mind works. Why is he labeled as insane? Is it only because he expresses himself differently from other people? That's exactly what makes him unique. All I see is sad people calling him delusional. What's the difference between delusion and the drive to do great things? Is Ye really delusional? No, he's not. Look at the past. He's accomplished so much. Every top tier artist in the history of mankind is or was polarizing, so I get why he cannot be understood by everyone. The only thing that I truly dislike is his mental health thing being used as a way to discredit his ideas. Yeah, I mean, people were always kind of critical of Kanye and just like, he's an asshole. Like, that was the refrain that you always heard in the 2000s, right? And especially after Taylor Swift, but people weren't necessarily calling him crazy. Um... Sometimes with his rants, you know, at concerts or when he give public talks, his energy level really ramps up and people would call that out and maybe even refer to that as like, is this guy like what's going on with him? And then when the diagnosis happened in 2016, like the hospitalization and the diagnosis that really tipped the scales, right? Once you're labeled like that and you have the medical label of being crazy or having a mental health issue, people will throw that at you all day and all night for anything that they don't like, which is pretty not good. Like It's a gross thing to see how many people, just anything that he does, go right to that label. And like it is something to consider. It is something to be aware of. But to dismiss like good or bad through that label is I think problematic, right? It's problematic to use it in defense all the time and it's problematic to use it as an attack all the time, especially one that's like an attack through pity, right? Mm. Um, yeah, and the, the Star Wars thing was definitely one of my favorite parts because movies are such a big thing for Kanye and that was, I mean, if there's one takeaway from this interview, uh, I think it should be that Kanye thinks through movies, right? He went to movies time and time again. He quoted movies over and over again. Like, dude is obviously a fan of cinema, but not just a fan of cinema, but like uses movies as reference points and uses movies to kind of get a shape and idea for what he wants to do, how he wants to do it, how he's looking at the world. And that's the thing, even going back to 2003 and the making of the Black Album documentary, when Kanye's playing the beat for Jay-Z for Lucifer, he's explaining that the beat is the score to a scene in a movie and the song is a scene in a movie. And that's like the album. It's just scenes of the movie. The album's the movie and each song's a scene. And you're like, even then he was looking at music in that narrative way of this is a movie, so I need this scene and I need this. And talking about Star Wars, he talks about George Lucas and the original trilogy and even the prequels like being a very classic hero's journey and how inspiring and empowering the hero's journey can be for people watching it because you get this idea of, oh, I can rise up, I can become something. And then the new Star Wars movies are just so incredibly derivative that like, they can have a cool aesthetic, you can like the characters, but if you're a fan of the original six, it can be hard to stomach what the new ones did when it's just, oh yeah, we're going to repeat this, and we're going to repeat this, and we're going to repeat this, and you know all the original stuff we started to set up? Nah, back to Darth Sidious. Ugh, ugh. 
I get upset thinking about it. They had so much potential, so much potential. Um, DP, I haven't quite finished the episode yet, but I heard him speak about the Yeezy Christian Academy and was really interested. Is this already something in operation? What do we know about it? Yeah, so Kanye first announced it, what, like a month ago? A month and a half ago? And in the interview, he talks about that he, when Joe Rogan asked about Kanye's like schedule, which I perked up, I'm somebody that's like very interested in deconstructing the schedules other people use. I'm just like, what the hell do other people do? Like, how do these writers structure their day? How do these like other artists structure their day? So there's this great book called Morning Ritual that looks at like 200 people. Uh, famous artists, writers, actors, performers, thinkers, business people, and breaks down their routine morning, afternoon, and nights. And that book was really engaging. And I've constantly wondered about Kanye <laughs> because I just, what, how's he structure everything that he's doing? Like, and does he have a fixed kind of thing? Like every day at noon, I make sure I eat lunch or every day at this time I do this thing, or I make a list at the beginning of each day. Like, what's the constant for Kanye, right? And it seems like he just fucking texts all the time. And that's, <laughs> he's just constantly texting about everything and just sending it out there. But he did say he wakes up at 5 a.m. and like does school with his kids, right? So I think Yeezy Christian Academy is born out of Kanye wanting to do something He's definitely interested in education, right? He's talked about wanting to reform schools. He's been thinking about the broken education system as far back as 2018 when he talked with Trump. Um, and it seems like with COVID going on, instead of sending North back to school, that they might be doing more of this like homeschooling, Easy Christian Academy, bringing in tutors. I'm guessing probably like a, <laughs> a tutor that is Christian and a tutor and a teacher. But it seems like they're just putting out more of the curriculum or testing out some of the curriculum that Kanye has talked about in terms of mixing like play and music and religion and like agriculture and these practical elements into a classical educational sense. So I don't know how many kids are involved at this point, right? We've seen a few people wearing all of the Yeezy Christian Academy blue. Kanye talked about the property he has in Calabasas, which I think is serving as a staging ground for some of his uh, Yeezy ideas and endeavors, like the garden that he's shown off in a few tweets. Um, and I think Yeezy Christian Academy is being held there as well so i don't know how big it is if it's like enrolling kids i don't think it's at that point but it's probably just something that he's doing with north right now maybe another kid or two from the family but uh that's all that i think i know about it at the moment they have those sweet blue uniforms i know that uh sus dog thoughts on kanye's view on gta the simulation and the law of attraction brought up in the interview p.s can you do a video on when you think Donda is dropping like you did for Jick? I watched a Jick video so much leading up to Jick. I don't even remember what, <laughs> what I did leading up to Jick. Um, but yeah, I can do another Donda video. I mean, there's always there's always like something to talk about regarding Donda and like when it could drop. But the short answer, people are looking at right now Donda's birthday, which I believe is November 10th. Uh, so not too far away, but the GTA and simulation and law of attraction stuff. Um, 
I don't remember the specific part of the interview where he even brought that up, which is, isn't going to be that helpful right now. But I do know that Kanye, since returning to Twitter in 2018, started mentioning the simulation and that we're in a simulation. He's a big fan of Tron and the Matrix. And he shared that clip recently of Lauren Hill talking about the Matrix and breaking out. And I think Kanye is starting to look... Well, he talked about being programmed, right? And that a kid standing on a table because it makes him feel empowered and like Superman gets told to get down off the table because he might hurt himself. And whatever inspiration that kid was feeling that made him feel powerful uh, is squashed by society telling you like, you can't do that. You got to be safe. You got to do this. You got to do this. And then the kid's just like, well... Ugh. And that's how you grow up going, well, I guess I'll listen to what everybody's telling me because you're programmed from that early age. And that's part of being in the simulation. Uh, the GTA stuff is something maybe because the violence in GTA or just the realistic portrayal of the world, like realistic. I mean, the graphics are amazing, right? And you have this free roam of the city. So in that way, it's a little bit more <laughs> realistic, but not like what you do in Grand Theft Auto, that's not realistic. Like, I drive like a maniac in Grand Theft Auto. But uh, you can see in the Wash Us in the Blood video that they were using GTA Online um, shots for part of the video, just showing kind of this comparison between people doing wild things in the real world, like you see somebody throw a Molotov cocktail, versus the violence in GTA. And that you can kind of get swept up in this video game mentality like, like nothing really matters because it's just a game, right? The consequences are true. You can waste your time in that way. You can do wild stuff in that way. Uh, you start to take reality for granted a little bit and disconnect from consequences or even get distracted from what you could be doing. Like they put you in the game to kind of rob you of your perspective and of your power. And I think in some ways... It's just an evolution of the idea he's been talking about since All Falls Down and New Slaves about how consumerism kind of tricks you into chasing things that you don't want to chase or that you don't need to chase, right? Like, I need to keep leveling up to get the next nicer car. Why? I need to make this money so I can get this chain or these new clothes or, like all of the things that people think that they need to get for status or to feel like they are coming up in the world. You judge yourself by the things that you own, not necessarily other aspects of life or friends and family, love, et cetera, et cetera. And is that part of the simulation, the game GTA? So I don't know if that answers the question specifically, but it's, uh, I think that's kind of where Kanye's at with thinking about the simulation in GTA, just how people get tricked into stepping into this video game kind of life that distracts them from more meaningful aspects and endeavors. Uh, then we have Muffins, Muffinsizzy Productions. I have so much to say. Oh, wait, what is the response here? ECR. In my opinion, it was less about the theory of the world being an actual video game and more about people being programmed to accept the normal and follow group thought instead of taking a step back and finding their own path, making their own decisions. Oh, so that's kind of, that's what I was saying, right? <laughs> uh, at least that's what he was talking about around 2018. Oh yeah, Yandi time. Yeah. He also kind of used that as a segue in this interview into saying that he valued tangible product 
and improving the world itself over creating a world that people choose to escape to video games over. In my opinion, I think there's more nuance to the subject of people using entertainment, not just as a form of escapism, but that seemed to be what he was getting at there. I can see that too. Like the idea of like tangible products, even tangible like money. I think Kanye brought up cryptocurrency at one point, right? Uh, but there's something different about like having headphones and like spending a decent amount of money on headphones versus dropping like, I don't know, $200 in a online game, right? Or just owning things that aren't as tangible and spending this money and sinking it into that. Um, but also escapism into video games, like Kanye has talked about, and this is going to be a weird connection to make to that, I think, but I can almost see Kanye like jumping topic to topic. Kanye has talked about having a porn addiction since he was five years old. He saw his first like Playboy and was really into it. And ever since then has had like an unhealthy relationship with porn. There are a number of stories out there from a variety of people talking about like going to interview Kanye and he just has porn up on his computer or like going to Kanye's house and like walking into his room. I think it was Die Antwoord talks about how they like show up to meet Kanye and he's watching like like violent porn and being like, is it this cool? Like, have you seen this? And they're like, what? Like, we just we just met you. And then Kim's bringing in banana pudding and they're just like, what is going on right now? Like that we're watching porn with Kanye while eating banana pudding. Like, so Kanye, uh, and he even talked about it when he went to who's the pastor guy that rips everybody's money off, but is really rich. Uh, Houston guy. Uh, you know who I'm talking about. Joel Olstein. That's it. Um, he, when Kanye was at that Lakewood church, he talked about his porn addiction and getting over that and et cetera, et cetera. So I can almost see Kanye thinking about as he's, regretting that era of his life and regretting that he had that issue making a connection to how he lost hours and time and aspects of himself into porn the same way other people lose that into a screen into video games into their phone into social media and just starting to make that extrapolation that people may not be porn addicts in that way but they're addicted to their screens through other mediums, whether that's a video game or Instagram or Twitter. So I could see maybe that being some of the subject where Kanye is going with that at this point. Okay, so Muffin Zizzy Productions, what do we got? I have so much to say. I love this interview. I think it exposed a lot, such as the majority of people who viewed this were watching the first ever Kanye interview. Yeah, it seems like that was very true. <laughs> Kanye West can't be interviewed because he processes information differently more than most people. He knows how to find 10 connections in completely different topics and somehow put it together as the overall theme. Also made me realize that most people are fans of Kanye's music or his antics more than Kanye West the person. Yeah, we always talk about on uh, the podcast how there's levels to people's relationship with Kanye. Like if you're level zero, you hate Kanye and you hate his music. Uh, level one, you like Kanye, you like Kanye's music, but you don't like Kanye. And then level two, you like Kanye's music, you're neutral on Kanye. And then level three, you like Kanye's music and you like Kanye. <laughs> Those are kind of where people fall in the spectrum of their relationship with Kanye. But for a long time, it's even in the 2000s, the classic thing I'd hear, you know, in Cleveland 
the people I went to college with was, oh yeah, he makes great music, but I don't like him. That seemed to be like how people explained their relationship with Kanye at that point. Um, and I think that probably persists to this day. He is, as uh, we said down here, very polarizing. Um, yeah, and people can't like sometimes can't follow his way of thinking. Again, active a conversation that involves active listening to piece together everything someone is saying is going to exhaust somebody is going to irritate them and going to cause some people to just check out and have a negative view on that person rather than just accepting what they how they speak is too much for them right they blame rather than just accept um people fear or dislike what they don't understand this interview is very inspiring there's so many gems and i think it's kanye at his most natural and honest state it was a really, I thought it was really great. Uh, facts, he's being real in a fake world, Kevin Carney said. There was a kid on my college baseball team named Kevin Carney. I always think it's the same one, but I don't think it is. Um, <laughs> or else I feel like Kevin would be like, did we play baseball together? <laughs> be like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> uh, Jason Villacourt, yo, Jason. Uh, it was incredible. Just wish Ye would have given Dennis Rodman the proper shout out for that lead into North Korea. <laughs> Yeah, Rodman has a well-documented uh, friendship with Kim Jong-un, though I don't know if that persists to this day. It's been a little bit of time since they've been seen together. But overall, I learned so much about why Ye creates. It's inspiring AF. I want to help build the future with Ye. Hire me, Kanye West. Yeah, Jason, uh, for anybody that doesn't know, has been on the grind to get Kanye to hire him, and the quest continues. Wishing you all the best, Jason. Uh, random videos tube. What stands out for you in the interview? Uh, personally, I mean, not just getting to see Kanye's uh, associative way of thinking and metaphor-driven, uh, metaphor-based like example way of speaking, but just the movie thing. Like, I knew Kanye liked movies, and I knew Kanye used movies as a reference, but just seeing over the course of three hours how much Kanye brings up movies just fascinates me to no end and you know jason has his mission of getting hired by kanye my like career goal as a journalist is to interview kanye about his relationship with movies it's something that is hugely important to the man but nobody's ever asked him about it as far as i know there hasn't been one interview that sat down and been like kanye let's talk movies like what do you look for in a movie why do you like this movie let's get into it like yada 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 just hasn't happened and it needs to happen uh aside from that i was pretty interested in joe's response to kanye because i'm not i feel like i know about as much as joe rogan as most people know about kanye right like fear factor mma podcast some takes where you're like oh he's oh and stand up right some takes where you're like oh okay like i think i like joe rogan and then some takes where you're like hmm Joe Rogan's exactly who I feared he would be, right? Like, I always take two steps forward, one step back with him. So I was pretty interested to see if he would misunderstand Kanye the way it feels like a lot of other people have that have gotten the chance to interview him or interact with him. Though I say that, and I'm trying to think, like, specifically of anybody that I've thought has misunderstood him or had a bad interview. Maybe, like, Kimmel was nice, but I don't think Kimmel kind of, like, knew what he was getting into with Kanye. He kept trying to like Kimmel the interview. Um, 
But you have like Big Boy do good interviews. Charlemagne did a great interview with Kanye. Like Nick Cannon's interview with Kanye was good. But I guess even like the difference between this interview and the Cannon interview, because I felt like with Nick Cannon's interview, a lot of the information Kanye had in that first hour was stuff that I had already heard him say and already heard him talk about. And it didn't really stand out to me as being like it was solid, but it didn't stand out to me as being all that unique. And then with this interview, it felt far more unique, far more like I was seeing a side of Kanye that I hear people talk about, that talk about when they listen to Kanye, just the the amount of knowledge that he has and how fascinating it can be to talk with him, uh, getting to really see that taken up to the next level, right? Not just how you see it in the Charlemagne interview or the Nick Cannon interview where Kanye is definitely eloquent and thoughtful and honest but here you're seeing more of just how big he gets and how associative he gets so being able to see that and then see how joe reacted to that uh i was very interested the whole time just like okay is joe going to follow is he going to call him out how is he going to respond and i was also pretty fascinated then by how joe rogan fans responded because Joe's response to Kanye was so positive, right? Overall, like he understood where Kanye was coming from on things. Like Kanye asked him the one time, like, what do you think I said? And Joe had a great answer in response. And it seemed like when he clarified or refined Kanye's points, he always got it. When he was challenged by Kanye, like challenged or asked by Kanye in that moment, he responded well, and then he praised Kanye at the end. And then you had Joe Rogan fans who were just like Michael Rappaport of all people <laughs> being like, oh, Joe hated Kanye. Like he couldn't wait for the interview to be done. It was like, how could you get that from anything that was said or Joe's body language? Like just the disconnect was interesting too. <laughs> but I think this will be an interview that Kanye fans go back to. Uh, the same way that they go back to the Zane Lowe interview from like 2013, like, right after Yeezus. Um, it's just one of those classics, right? It's going to be something that's eventually maybe studied when we start talking about this time in Kanye, when Kanye is being taught about in schools and museums, you know, by me. <laughs> uh, Running Bear, worst guest he's ever had. Listened to him for an hour and 30 minutes, and my IQ lowered 20 points. See? You know, it's steps back and then a running leap forward. If you would have listened for the last hour and 30 minutes, your IQ would have risen by 40 points. See? You missed out completely. And this got 13 responses. Pinocchio. Joe is an Ike guest. He next to Charlemagne. Yeah, Joe was the guest, wasn't he? <laughs> Uh, ECR, try and actually understand what he's saying next time you might get it. There's a reason why people like Elon Musk look up to him because as he said, I'm living in the future. So your present is my past. My presence is a present. Kiss my, uh, you can choose to not listen to him all you want, but as Joe was saying in the interview, he gets what he says done and innovates the world running box. Joe literally said in the past that he wouldn't have him on because of his mental health issues. Look it up if you don't believe me. So even Joe knew he was going to be a bad guest. No, Joe said that he didn't think that the podcast format might be right for everyone, 
right? And that maybe this wasn't the best way for Kanye to have an interview. But he said that in April of 2019. And I think at this point, he knew what he was getting himself into. <laughs> and also when he posted about it on Friday, announcing that the podcast was the next day, Joe was very excited. So obviously at the end of the interview, he wasn't just like, oh, let's scrap this or put it down on the low. He posts proudly about it. And then at the end of the interview, praised Kanye. So I don't think that's quite right. Uh, I know exactly what he said. It was specifically about this medium not being the best way for Kanye to put his thoughts at the time, given the 2018, the whole TMZ thing, and him getting used to his bipolar disorder. But Joe decided that now Kanye's in a better place. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm a longtime fan of the podcast, and this is probably one of my favorite episodes next to Paul Starnitz and Fraz Zahabi. He has more than a bipolar disorder. Obviously, he's damn, nah. He wants to rule the planet for he doesn't want to rule the planet he wants to help the planet but he does kind of have planet-sized desires so that's fair uh right okay so you just want to listen yada 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 these people out here are way more talented than him there's no difference between being able to sign and create songs kanye is one of the best producers of all time no one in hip-hop can structure a song as good as he can he has so many classics and memorable hooks yeah so this just kind of keeps devolving um but, you know, I appreciate people having the conversation, you know, rather than just saying, like, get out of here, but trying to talk with Running Bear, see where Running Bear is coming from, make counterpoints. Even if it doesn't work for Running Bear, there's going to be people where hearing what you have to say in a positive and thoughtful way will definitely help them even understand where you're coming from or better uh, have those same conversations with other people in their lives. So appreciate you all for uh, <laughs> trying to talk with Running Bear. Uh, Rob Hats, Robbie Hats, hey. Uh, Ezra, do you have a new application for appreciation for Jesus is King after this interview? No, I don't think so. I've always been a Jesus is King fan overall. Like I'm the person that the day it was out or maybe the next day it was like, all right, let's call it what it is. It's a 10 out of 10 and got copy pasted all over Twitter for like 48 hours. But I still think Jesus King personally for me is a 10 out of 10. So this didn't really uh, have me appreciate that more. But if you're talking about like Jesus King 2, it also didn't help me appreciate that more because I haven't heard it. Hmm. <laughs> uh, Lamar, uh, the whole thing is genius and I'm only 35 minutes in. Right, right. Lamar back. Chris, you should watch it live. I doubt that could get copyrighted. I, yeah, I thought about it or I thought about even doing this, like doing a second run through of me watching it live and commenting. But uh, that's also like six hours I'd spent watching that interview, which is a lot, you know, uh, you known reminded me of a meth head. Ah, it's unfair unfair uh anthony adams did he say anything about when the album is coming yeah <laughs> uh the doom go-getter what do you think kanye west as president would look like what type of change do you feel he would bring to the country kanye as president i feel like would be pretty progressive like as ecr said here kanye's praised bernie sanders in the past in 2018 in the interview with charlemagne he said that he would have bernie sanders platform right like Trump's campaign, Bernie Sanders uh, policy. And I think Kanye would look to, as he said in this interview, still like 
deconstruct the systems that are in place and rebuild them in a way that's much more logical, 21st century, uh, simplified, and try to get the most out of them. And it seems like he would want to get back to some important roots like agriculture, education, <laughs> healthcare, things that have kind of fallen by the wayside as we tend to focus more on just, I don't know what we're even focused on at this point in this country, but not things that matter so much uh, as just politicizing everything and fighting over any progress that could possibly be made in either direction, which is pretty pathetic. So I think Kanye as president, I mean, there's the ideal version where he's bringing in different voices that have haven't been part of the system for forever, but are completely qualified to be part of the system. Like not these career politicians to use the buzzword of career politicians, but like you're going to have like experts from different fields brought in, like people from MIT, people from like great schools that are doing research projects, experts in their field that Kanye would consult with because that's what he does. He brings in groups of people and consults with them and tries to get the best out of all of their ideas. So I think ideally he would be bringing into the political sphere uh, experts that are normally outside the political sphere to help us make progress in big ways in different areas and hopefully be empowering people to complete those projects rather than him having to have like the big say over everything. I like when they were recording Watching the Throne, right? Or Watch the Throne uh, at the Mercer. And Kanye's done this for a few projects now. He'll rent out a hotel and just have each room be a different place where somebody's working on a specific song or a specific thing. And then he knows everybody in that room is focused on that thing. And he'll go in, he'll oversee, he'll like tell people what to do and then leave and go to the next room. I feel like he would do that as president. But the question then becomes like, would that ever work realistically given our system? Like, <laughs> uh, would people in the Senate and Congress go along with him or fight him? Would the public go along with anything, fight him? Like what could truly be accomplished when the country is as politicized as it is? And uh, I don't know. I could see a worst case scenario in terms of that. I could also see a worst case scenario in terms of just like trying to make everything religious and getting a ton of backlash for that as well. Like I think the moment you try to put like prayer specifically in school rather than just like a meditation hour or something, <laughs> like you're going to have people up in arms and you'll never be able to make any more progress on anything because people are just be pushing back on that the whole time and focus you in on that fight in that battle. So I wondered how mired down Kanye could potentially be. So that's kind of the range of best case scenario and worst case scenario. Oh my God, I should have got a glass of water. Preston, uh, when will the world realize this man's a creative genius? Right. <laughs> Feels like I'm the only one that can clearly see that. You're not alone, Preston. You are not alone. Uh, Rob Stone just shows how closed-minded people are. Everyone is so quick to dismiss him and call him crazy, but don't listen to what he has to say. Uh, Naima, I mean, I realize that, and I'm not even from America, and English isn't even our second language, and the people around me aren't that into hip-hop, but Kanye influence is just undeniable. It's true. Uh, Bunny Cha-Cha, oh, you aren't alone. Kanye is a genius. Bunny gets it. And then Tukes, 
Question on how many YouTube creators are using Rogan in general to get views on their YouTube channels. And before you all get on me, this is the first reaction video that hasn't. That's good. I mean, I feel like I've definitely used it in some way. I feel like my entire channel it can be described as like leeching, if not off Kanye, off like everything else someone else is doing, right? I mean, I'm definitely bringing in an expertise and perspective that I think is helpful. But still, yeah, um, probably a lot. I think there's just ecosystems at this point of anything that's super popular, especially as popular as Joe Rogan is, you're going to have uh, journalists, media people, content creators forming around that to service the audience that is formed that's interested in further content. So probably a good amount. Sherlock, uh, don't drop the ball on this guy. I know you read it in your head. I want to see seven videos this week. This is the latest, greatest update we've gotten into Connie's mind in a long time, in my opinion, and I think it's worth a lot of content. Just kidding. By the way, big fan, longtime sub. Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, I want to I wanna make some videos talking about like specific points in the interview that are a little bit more refined and not 40 minutes of me talking. I should actually break this into a second video or just start going faster was the best parts out of this interview Malik asked definitely for me the movie stuff I thought the movie stuff was like pretty fascinating and then just seeing Kanye's flow between subject matter um do you think Kanye cause do you think Kanye will ever be able to repair his image with the mainstream media no I don't I think mainstream media is also like so far gone that they'll never try to like do better by somebody i think as soon as they make up their mind they just make up their mind and people are going to exploit that till the end of time will there be a day in the future where all the people hating on kanye in the comments of this interview will change their minds about him i think given time like kanye is going to continue to win more people over than i think have people hate him because we're moving further and further away from the controversial things that caused hate and the guy continues to do interesting things and grow not just his musical legacy because that's already cemented and that continues to make new fans all the time. But Kanye does usually tend to be ahead of the curve and right on things. And the more that that continues to happen as well, people are just going to continue to respect Kanye the older he gets. And I think that kind of tends to be true with any uh, person in a field the longer they're in that field the more their outlandish controversial stuff from the past becomes just like oh look what that kid did but now like we just look at them as a refined statesman and a legend and love them for everything that they've done like the, it's kind of funny that the more you become like an icon the less people seem to care about what you did in the past i mean you definitely have people like R. Kelly, right? Where that's not the case. That guy's awful. But you think about some of these like Hollywood people that had controversy in their past, like Robert Downey Jr., right? Uh, very controversial for a long time. But then he has that great role and kind of settles into being who he is. And those years of him being problematic, not as much of a big deal to anybody at this point. Uh, so I think there'll probably be something like that with Kanye. Uh, hey, Chris, longtime fan. Hey, Kevin. Something I found interesting was Kanye's response to the question on healthcare. Kanye talked about how we need to prevent people from getting sick 
which among other things is influenced by diet and work stress. I think this is such an important point to make and gets overlooked in our current pandemic that there are things we can control through diet, meditation, and sleep, for example, that influence our immune system and health. I was wondering if you know what Kanye does for diet, possibly meditation, how many hours of sleep does he get? Well, Kanye has been on the keto diet as of late, like the last few months. Boo talked about it in an interview that he was doing and was trying to make like everybody else be on the keto diet. Uh, so I think that's maybe the first time I've heard of him being on a diet. Before that, it always just seemed like he was getting fast food. He was eating ice cream. I'm sure he has a chef and was preparing like who is preparing things. Uh, he'd go out to Nobu a lot. It seems like he was eating out quite a bit um but now it's definitely the keto diet and meditation i don't think he does meditation as specifically as he prays and prayer for him is his form of meditation whether that's just like sitting with the bible or as you saw during the joe rogan interview he paused and said he said a prayer so it does seem like that's been kind of big for him and i do think at the end of 2018 or even in the middle he was starting to get into meditation more as well as he talked about uh, chakras and energy and aligning energy and I think he posted at one point like um, what looked like the chakra system of the body which gets back to like mm, meditation stuff and then sleep uh, he used to not get much I think he was under five hours a night a lot and maybe even like two to three hours uh, people would talk about how he would call them at three or four in the morning or text them all hours of the nights. I think even Joe Perez, when I interviewed him back in 2018, talked about a similar thing. Like they were exchanging ideas all the time. And sometimes Joe would get a text from Kanye at like three in the morning, four in the morning and just be like, when does this guy sleep? And that was part of what happened in 2016. And yes, he had a mental health episode Yes, it was connected to a bipolar diagnosis, right? But I think part of that was exacerbated by <clears throat> not only the stress of Kim having been kidnapped in October and how awful that was, but November is when his mom died. And I know my parents, my dad died June 27th, 2007. And my mom died June or July 15th, 2012. And in June and July, I still get like this aftershock. All these years later, I still feel like a tension, a disconnect, I get distant. And it's not like an emotional thing where I'm just crying all the time. It's just like this weird thing where I realize I've kind of not been mentally healthy. And it kind of creeps up on me. And then I realize like, oh, it's that time of the year. That's why. Um, I think Kanye probably has something similar happen uh in november he's talked a little bit about like and other people have talked about how that month is kind of always painful for him so i think kim getting kidnapped in october uh november being that period for kanye and then he was on tour for months at that point and he said that he wasn't sleeping a lot of the time he would finish the show and start working on fashion right after that right whether it was his fashion show or yeezy and still be up and then have to wake up and go do things so they initially said that it wasn't even bipolar it was severe sleep deprivation and i was diagnosed with severe sleep deprivation in college and that 
fucked me up like badly. I'd repeat myself to people. People would ask me questions and I'd just stare at them because I hadn't processed anything that they said. I was waking up to go to class and I'd like brush my teeth. I was in college and uh, I was brushing my teeth, like looking in the mirror, being like, I look awful and then wake up in bed and it's 2 p.m. Like I just have pants, like one leg in my jeans, a completely different shirt on and no memory. Last thing I remember was being in the bathroom, like to actually black out and do things and not remember any of it. Like what? So that's, uh, I think Kanye has dealt with that in the past, but he said he's waking up at 5 a.m. And I wonder if that means he's still going to bed around like 10 to kind of make that get seven hours of sleep kind of thing or if he's still staying up like even later or sleeping on planes kim has talked about that too that kanye kind of sleeps anywhere and takes a lot of naps <laughs> um yeah here i thought i was gonna wrap this up quickly and we have sporo kanye 2024 biden 2020 that's how i f how i feel <laughs> uh dibs equipped i like the interview so many classic yay moments a ton of classic yay moments like the the creator puts themselves in the work george lucas luke skywalker like he couldn't help but get like a part of his name in there for the main character and just like how true that is that in our best works we kind of insert ourselves in some way ecr thoughts on kanye saying he was misdiagnosed as bipolar <laughs> it's not going to be very reassuring when i say this but i'll be very honest with you i don't remember that part either I, over the course of three hours, I'm sitting there watching it on my phone. I'm watching it on my computer. I'm watching it on my phone. Uh, my wife's talking to me at times. I thought I caught nearly everything, but there are two things now, the, the GTA and the bipolar that I don't feel like I caught. But he said a couple times that he was misdiagnosed as bipolar. I think Kim even said at one point that uh, they talked to a different doctor that looked at the scan and didn't see the the division that I think that they look for on the scan. So there was kind of some back and forth. But Kanye was diagnosed with it back in like middle school or high school as well. And uh, it seems like there's been some back and forth on it. I've seen people <clears throat> that are bipolar say that part of it was them rejecting their bipolar diagnosis. They couldn't accept it. I know Kanye has accepted it, has rejected it. So I don't quite know what to believe at this point. Um, if you just had this interview to go off, then I feel that would be a reasonable conclusion to make as he seems to be in a really great place at the moment. Like a lot of his tweet storms suggest otherwise. That's the kind of thing, like how much does Kanye just like get excited and tweet out all of these ideas? But if we see him, like he's just sitting there tweeting and like laughing with friends and setting out these ideas... And you'd be like, oh, this is the guy that's like coming off crazy on Twitter. Or is he like pacing around yelling at the top of his lungs as he tweets these things? I think knowing that would make a difference for some people. Um, and then also like Dave Chappelle thought Kanye was in the middle of a bipolar episode like a lot of people did after South Carolina. And Kanye's tweeting all this stuff. He's tweeting about Kim. Dave flew out to Wyoming got there and was just like Kanye seems great <laughs> like people are talking about that he's crazy and he just seems like regular Kanye to me so I don't know I don't know enough personally about Kanye 
to say either way. I know people that are bipolar or that have bipolar family have said that they see a lot of what they've experienced with themselves or with family in Kanye and Kanye's behaviors. And that makes them feel confident in his diagnosis. But I also don't know how much of that is because you've been told he's bipolar, you can't get away from making those connections, right? Versus those things actually being there. Hmm. Uh, ECR, honestly, my favorite interview with Kanye since like 2015. Seems to be in a really great and healthy place with a clear vision whilst staying open-minded. Was hard to keep up occasionally, but I feel like he did manage to bring most of his points back in a way that felt substantive. What's your thoughts on Kanye's take on religion and government? I was originally pretty skeptical with his faith education plans, but from what I can see here, it seems more to do with just community <clears throat> and social values. And he seems pretty against radical conversion crusade type things. Yeah, I, I've... That's definitely my biggest like fear, right? With anybody that is so unabashedly religious in any religion, right? It doesn't matter what it is getting into politics and saying that that's going to dictate how they go about politics the same way it dictates how they go about their life and how there can be disagreements there. I mean, if he can continue to be open-minded and keep in mind in his policies and how he's enacting things, that it's fair for everybody and not pushing one religion on everybody, I'd be completely fine with it. But I also don't know... Like, I went to college with a kid who was really nice, but he was in a car crash before coming to college. Uh, Like, senior year of high school, drunk driving, causes this wreck. His best friend's in the car, or a friend's in the car, gets injured. He's completely okay, friend's injured, carrying a lot of guilt with him because of this. So he starts going to the Christian group on campus, And just saying, like, you know, it makes me feel good. I like being part of this and is getting something out of it and changing his life, not drinking as much, not partying as much. And he straight up told us uh, in our fraternity that he wasn't going to be the kind of person that pushes religion on people. And then within six months, he's telling us we're all going to burn in hell and (laughs) that we need to convert. And we weren't even we were at Case Western Reserve University. Like, it's a 4,000-person school. It's engineering kids. Everybody there is socially awkward and, like, kind of geeky. Even if you're, like, a dumb jock, you're, like, a 4.0 student that is going to go on, like, to get an aerospace degree and work for NASA. Like, it's kind of a, a weird place. So a lot of people that never socialized in high school are now, like, socializing in college uh, i don't know but just to preface it's not like we're at like a forty thousand person state school and we're this fraternity that's just like like partying all the time and passing out and having failures like most of the people that i was like in the fraternity with ha- like have leadership positions and important like companies and are doing very well and successful for themselves like uh, people drank but it wasn't it was not reckless like yeah not bad and he's telling us we're gonna go to hell and i was very intense like following his facebook and just seeing him get more and more radical and like chastising people like i go to church more than you so don't you lecture me so i always have a little bit of 
fear of that to just having seen like a few people get that intense about it after starting off a little bit more normal that somebody that's still in the midst of discovering their religion and how far they're willing to go with it becoming president of the united states and having that authority still would be a point of skepticism for me and one that would cause me more hesitation in voting than a lot of other things so that's a long answer to that question uh, Walker, don't you think it's unfair that Kanye thinks that women have to carry the baby for nine months and put it in the adoption and not let them abort the baby? Some women can't even afford to take care of themselves. I think that's what he was talking about was creating economic incentives that would help women who are in that position take care of themselves and not feel that they're financially incapable of handling what comes next, uh, which would be good. But Kanye has said that he's still for the legality of abortion. He just doesn't think it should be the first thing people go to and would like to provide other options to incentivize people to carry the baby and to be happy carrying the baby. So I don't think it's quite as unfair as it seems because uh, he's not trying to force anybody to carry the baby. Uh, Scooby Mike. Plan A is by far Kanye's greatest idea ever, and I, funny that those are back-to-back, -back, and I hope he gives it the care it needs to really support mothers and their children, and if expanded all over the world, uh, can build and grow a culture of life. Also, the Disney Star Wars movies are better looked at as fan films, in my opinion, making a Star Wars movie. I feel like the Star Wars fan films I've seen are way better than those. Um, but those are all from like the nineties, <laughs> uh, without George Lucas is like making Kanye West out without Kanye West. Yeah. Revenge of the Sith is one of the greatest movies of all time. I hate that movie <laughs> and watching it back to back with the return of the Jedi is one of the most beautiful cinematic experiences ever. I've never tried doing that though, particularly all the family drama between Anakin, Luke, Padme and Leia. Anakin becoming Vader was him thinking that doing evil would save his family's life Instead, Padme died. When he got redeemed and sacrificed himself for his son, he became the loving Anakin again and accepted his death. Beautiful. I like the ideas. I just, the revenge of the Sith, the execution of everything, like every line of dialogue, like I hate all the shots I dislike, the acting bothers me, even like how they revealed Vader. Like I like the idea, like let's reveal Vader or just let's have Anakin slaughter all the uh little jedis wannabes um padawans let's have them slaughter the padawans is that what it is whatever the academy kids like, cool ideas but like lava world fight i just don't think the execution was really all that it left a lot to be desired like i saw that movie when i was how old 20 i think maybe younger 20 and i kept thinking like i could write better than this and i don't think i should be thinking that um genius's symphony yeah i really like that part too like kanye is saying that this is like a symphony of ideas because that gets into the appropriateness of like you have horns you have trumpets you have somebody with a triangle going around you have the strings you have the percussion and they're all disparate things but when you bring them together and they work together especially when you listen to all of them at once or kind of put them into the whole the gestalt there's more to take away from just listening to the individual pieces and that you have to kind of assemble them if only speech could be understood in that way right rather than how we have to string it out linearly hmm. 
Uh, Luke, why do you think he never mentioned Donda? I just don't think he's uh, wanting to talk about music all that much. He's more concerned about the contracts and using music as something cathartic rather than like pushing it like product, anything like that. So I think maybe it's too personal to talk about at the moment and just not something that he's ready to talk about. Uh, Sharpay Man, 20. Oh my God, an hour. If you could make a step-by-step -step breakdown of it in a compact format for people who are big Kanye fans but not sure they want to watch a three-hour podcast, that would be great. I mean, I could even do this in under an hour, so we'll see. <laughs> uh, LaFogo, when will media end Kanye bash and actually listen to him? I would love to know. Literally, everyone just takes out small interludes from a three-hour interview to let him look crazy or stupid. He talks about a bunch of different stuff, and the only thing I see in the media is that he said he called by God to be the leader of the free world, or at 10 seconds he took to think about that one question. It's just sad. It is sad. Oh, uh, But that's when his time equals love theory is hitting. They don't take the time to deconstruct what Kanye says to deliver an accurate public awareness about him, and they don't give him the love to try to understand him and what he wants to tell the world. If media was accurate about Kanye and really trying to push the great moments of his interviews rather than just one or two quotes taken out of context, he would widely be considered as a phenomenal thinker and visionary rather than just some kind of crazy rapper. Yeah, absolutely. If, pe if journalists actually did the job of journalism, then the concept of Kanye in the public sphere would be far different than what it is. But because journalism has become clickbait and what can we do to get clicks and headlines like driving that, people <laughs> have fallen prey to just becoming like TMZ and trying to get drama. ESPN did the same thing. There used to be actual sports analysis and highlights. And now it's just how can we create narratives that drive controversy and promote drama that we then benefit off of. It's sad. Uh, where were we? Uh, and if everybody would know how he actually thinks instead of how the media portrays, he would have a chance to actually become president. I'd say even if I'm not from the U.S., so new media, which takes the time and love for people to actually portray them, how they really are, is necessary. Yep, to form the utopia he was talking about so much in the interview because only then we have the possibilities to really discuss everyone's way of thinking without getting manipulated. Uh, are you okay, Chris? Yeah, yeah, I'm good, though my throat is killing me. Dan, I'm confused. Uh, Kanye said he donated $100 million to James Terrell. Anywhere I've seen online says it was $10 million. I think mentioned that figure a couple times, slip up or bad media. I think maybe it's something that like publicly disclosed a $10 million donation and Kanye might be admitting that there's more money that he's given or even maybe it's like a pledge He's pledged $100 million over X amount of years, but just the $10 million was the initial donation. But I definitely think he's deeply invested into James Terrell's success. <laughs> and that uh, does it for this video. Uh, if you're enjoying the channel, which maybe you're not anymore, but if you are and have reached this point, yo, kudos to you and thank you. Uh, I'm not going to give you any more instructions about what to do. Just thank you for uh, bearing with me to this point. And if you have more that you want me to talk about or I didn't talk enough about, leave another comment and I'll try to answer maybe via text rather than talking. I'm going to go get a cup of water. But until next time, stay wavy and keep it loopy. Cheers. Okay, round two. Name something that's not 
boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.